All of us we know about Paul. We have heard about Paul. And Paul had one of the greatest ministries. I don't know of any other person who had a great ministry like, like Paul. But sometimes we, 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 we do not understand or we don't even think that by the way, Paul, he had supporters. He had people who were supporting him. The other time we were talking about uh, Tichikas. Some of you remember Tichikas as one of the people who supported Paul. Tichikas is the man who was the male man. In actual fact, in my next book, Leading Volunteers, Tichikas is on the first chapter. I dedicated the whole chapter uh, on Tichikas. So you should be able to read more about him. He's the man who was delivering all the letters that Paul wrote to all those different churches. And sometimes we, you know, we, we don't give him the credit that he deserves. But other than Tichikas, there were people like Timothy, Luke, you know, and Barnabas. So we have people who contributed significantly to the ministry of Paul, but sometimes we, we do not recognize them. Paul wrote more than half of the books of the New Testament. You know, the New Testament has 27 books. So Paul wrote almost half of them, uh, 13 of them that they are sure that was written by, by Paul. So you can see the contribution that he has made in, uh, in the Bible, in, in his contribution to, to the gospel. By the way, when Paul wrote, he was not writing a Bible. I know I've said this many times, but I understand there could be some people who are joining us for the very, same, for the very first time today. Nobody sat down and said, now I want to write a Bible. No, even Paul, he did not sit down and say, now I'm writing a Bible. Paul was just writing letters and those letters, he was writing them to the churches that he has established and the churches that he has visited all over the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Asia Minor area. So all those letters later, you know, they were, uh, they were believed as scripture and they were converted into books of the Bible. They were put together and those letters and the four gospels, you know, and the book of Revelation, they were all put together and they formed what you call the gospel or the New Testament, you know, and the books of the Bible. Barnabas is one of the greatest encouragers in the Bible. He is one who encouraged Paul was one of the most influential ministers. And you will see that that's what we're going to focus on tonight. And I want you to follow me because there'll be a lot of history that I will go through. As I always say, this is the Bible study. We are here to study the Bible. So there is a lot of history, a lot of uh, uh, scriptures that we'll read. Actually, I will spend almost 90% of our time reading scripture. So we will realize that he, he was one of the greatest uh, evangelists or the greatest encouragers, one of the greatest encouragers. And if you look at what the, the I mean, the if you look at the the role, if you look at the role that he played, you realize that it was a very very significant role. And sometimes, like I said, you focus more on Paul and forget the people who helped 
Paul become who he was. If you look at, uh, like we said, a man like Barnabas, Barnabas is, is a man who contributed a lot in the life of Paul. And I believe Paul always, as he was ministering, he would always thank Barnabas. He would always say, thank you, Barnabas, for having encouraged me, for opening doors for me. The word encourage, it simply means to strengthen or to give strength. Actually, the original Greek word, it's parakaleo. Parakaleo means to comfort, to exhort, to encourage, or to console. In the Bible, we have the word parakletos. Parakletos, it means the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. It simply means a comforter. It simply means uh, an encourager. So that's what the Holy Spirit is to us. He's our comforter. That's why he's called the parakletos, because he, he always walks along us, always with us, always you know, in our presence. I will quickly go through a map. This is the map. Um, of the world, and I want to quickly share something with you, just to give you an idea of where we are, just to give you an idea of what we are talking about. Those of you who are in South Africa, let me start from there, so you'll have an idea of what we are talking about here. This is, uh, this is Botswana, this is South Africa, and you, as you go up here, we have Botswana, we have Zimbabwe, we have Zambia, we have DRC, we have Tanzania. Well, I think it's Tanzania. We have Sudan, I mean, South Sudan, we have Sudan, we have Chad, we have Libya. Every time you see the word Cyrene in the Bible, it's referred to as Libya. It's Africa. It's Africa. And the reason why I, I mentioned it, it's because there are people who believe that the gospel came with the whites when they colonized Africa. And that is not true. There were a lot of black people who were involved in the gospel even before colonization came, even before Jan van Riebeek came to South Africa in 15, was it 15 something or 1563 or somewhere then. So the, the gospel did not come with the whites. The gospel did not come with the whites. So we have a lot of uh, Africans who were involved even at that point, even at that time. So as you go up here, then we have Egypt. And across Egypt, this is the Red Sea, across Egypt, we are getting into Israel here. Now in Israel, here we have Jerusalem. And that's where it all started, Jerusalem. That's where the church started. And from Jerusalem, as you go up, we will see Damascus. Damascus, that's where Paul was converted. That's where Paul was converted. That's where Paul uh, accepted Christ. And from Damascus, you go up here. This is Antioch. Today it's called uh, Antakya. Antakya is Antioch. That's, that's a church that we'll, we'll spend some time focusing on here. And this church, it was established by the Christians who ran away from persecution from Jerusalem. They ran all the way to other places, including Antioch. And those Jews, they established a church here in Antioch. And as you go north, this is the present day uh, Turkey, the present day Turkey. We see Tarsus. Tarsus, that's where Paul was born. Paul came from Tarsus. That's where he was born. 
And this small island here, this small island here, it's called Cyprus. Cyprus, that's where Barnabas came from. That's where Barnabas was born. Barnabas was born here in Cyprus. Paul was born in Tarsus. And here we have Antioch. These are the cities that we'll focus on throughout the Bible study. And down here we have Damascus. That's where Paul uh, converted. And down here we have Jerusalem. Good. So I hope this will help and give you the orientation of what we are going to focus on uh, tonight. Let me see if we can get you know, a, a zoomed in map of what we'll be talking about. This is just the same thing that we're talking about. Here we have Jerusalem down here. And from Jerusalem, that's where Paul left Jerusalem. He got letters from the priest here in Jerusalem to go and arrest anyone who confessed the name of Jesus. And he went as far as Damascus. When he reached here in Damascus, that's where he met Christ. And he, he converted, he became a Christian, and he started to preach the gospel three days later. So after he preached the gospel, he went back to Jerusalem because in Damascus there were some Jews who did not believe him and they wanted to kill him. Then he went back to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, when he arrived there, the apostles also didn't believe him because when he left Jerusalem, he was attacking Christians. And it was difficult for them to accept Paul. So what he did is, you know, as they did not want to accept him, a man called Barnabas is the one who encouraged him and who welcomed him. And he spoke uh, favorably uh, uh, about Paul. And they finally accepted Paul in the church here in Jerusalem. But then there were some Hellenistic Jews, you know, the Greek Jews wanted to kill him. So what they did is they had to, uh, to take Paul back home. And from Jerusalem, he went to... Uh, the port of Caesarea here, and he went back home to Tarsus. It is said that for about almost eight years, Paul was quiet. Nobody knew what Paul was doing. Whether Paul begs lead or Paul was preaching or Paul was just sitting at home, nobody knew what Paul was doing. Maybe he was making tents as it was his career. Nobody knew what Paul was doing for about eight years. He was so quiet. Now, later, after the church in Antioch was established and the word reached Jerusalem that there is a church in Antioch that has been established. So after that, the church in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas to go to the church in Antioch to pastor the church in Antioch. And he went there to pastor the church in Antioch. And he realized that he cannot do it alone. He needed some help. Then he thought of his friend, Paul. And he knew that Paul came from Tarsus. So Paul, I mean, then Barnabas, he went to Tarsus to, 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 to search for Paul. He searched for him. You know, at that, you remember those days, they didn't even have a, a cell phone. They didn't even have a telephone. The only way to, to talk to somebody, you had to go where he was. So he had to go to Tarsus and he started to search for Paul. And finally, he located Paul. I don't know how long it took him to search for him, but I'm sure it took him some maybe months looking for him, looking for him until he, he was finally located. Then he took him back to Antioch and they started pastoring a church in Antioch. And while they were here in Antioch, at some point um, there was famine in the southern part of Judea, in the Jer uh, Jerusalem area. So the church in Antioch 
they collected some offerings. After collecting some offerings, they sent Paul and Barnabas, or Barnabas and Paul, because that's very important. You know, in the Bible, the person whose name starts first, it means he's a leader of the group. So up to so far, we always see Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, but later we'll see some changes. So they went and, and delivered the offerings in Jerusalem. After delivering the offerings in Jerusalem, when they went back to Antioch, Barnabas, he took his cousin, John Mark. John Mark was Barnabas' cousin. So he took him back with him to Antioch. He introduced him to, to the ministry. And after he introduced him to the ministry, they went back to Antioch. When they were in Antioch, God spoke to them through, uh, through prophets that God wants to send them to the world to go and preach the gospel. So he, they left Antioch and they went to Cyprus. Remember Cyprus? That's where Barnabas came from. And after they preached the gospel in Cyprus, they went to Pega in Pamphylia. When they reached here in Pega in Pamphylia, John Mark, he decided to go back home in Jerusalem. Nobody knows what was the reason, but he decided to go back uh, to Jerusalem. So they finished the, uh, the trip and they went back to Jerusalem. From Jerusalem, they went back to, to Antioch. So they gave a report in Jerusalem. And when they gave a report in Jerusalem, Barnabas was still, uh, he was still there and he gave a report. He talked about how God used Paul. Then they went back to Antioch. When they were in Antioch, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back again and visit those churches that we have established when we went on our first journey. And Barnabas said, okay, let's do that. But let's take my cousin again, John Mark. And Paul said, no, we are not doing that. Paul gave up on John Mark. He did not believe that John Mark was a good candidate for missions or for ministry. So what happened is they had a very sharp argument. They had a very sharp argument to an extent that Paul and Barnabas, they separated. They separated. Paul took his, uh, his friends and he went north. Whereas Barnabas, so Paul went with Silas, because Paul and Silas from then, they went north. Whereas Barnabas took his cousin, John Mark, to Cyprus. And they started to preach the gospel there. Later, what we see, it's towards the end of his life, Paul reconciled with John Mark. And he said to Timothy, please, when you come, uh, bring John Mark with you, because he's very helpful in ministry. And that's what we're going to, to look at. Uh, tonight. I hope we uh, will be able to finish this study for tonight. There are some few things that we will learn from that. Okay, let's look at Barnabas. Like I said, we first see Barnabas' name mentioned in the book of Acts, and this was Acts chapter 4, verse 36. In Acts chapter 4, we see the church that was very bright, vibrant, a church that was very powerful, that was united, and they were able to you know, to be united and to put together all their, uh, their belongings together. Some of them, they will sell whatever they had and they brought the money to the feet of the apostles. In actual fact, it's in Acts chapter four, verse 36, where we see Barnabas for the first time when he sold the field, his field, probably was a rich man, he had money. So he sold his field or his farm and he brought the money to the apostles' feet. In actual fact, in the next chapter, chapter five, that's where we see Ananias and, and Sapphira. 
that's when they also, you know, maybe they were challenged by Barnabas and they, uh, they also sold some property, but they didn't bring in all the money. And they were, when they were asked if, if that's all that they had, they said, yes, they lied. And, and we all know the story. They died. So in Acts chapter 4, verse 36, the Bible says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus. So Joseph is Barnabas. His original name is Joseph. So he was a Levite. He was from Cyprus. Remember the, the island that we saw? He was, from, he was from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas. So they gave him a nickname. His nickname was Barnabas. His nickname was Barnabas. And Barnabas means son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. In other words, when you're with Barnabas, every time you meet him, he will encourage you. He will encourage you. Every time when you go through some challenges, Barnabas will encourage you. So all the apostles, they were encouraged by Barnabas until they gave him a nickname and they said, this guy is a son of an encouragement. He's just a great encourager. What do people know you for? Do you encourage them or you discourage them? Do you motivate them or you demotivate them? When they meet you after meeting, how do they feel? Do they feel encouraged or do they feel discouraged? Are you the Barnabas of the day? So in verse 37, the Bible says, he sold a field that he owned and he brought the money to the, uh, and, and put the money at the apostles' feet. But then after that, we see, you know, there was persecution after Stephen was, uh, was stoned. So there was persecution of Christians in Jerusalem. So all the Christians, they ran away except the apostles. So in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So they started to run away because of the, uh, of the persecution. And let's quickly go through and see Barnabas' background. Luke, who is the author of the book of Acts, he introduced Barnabas in Acts chapter 4. His name was Joseph. It was his, his Hebrew name. And his name meant he will add or increase. It simply means to increase. He was educated as a Pharisee in the school of Gamaliel. Now, once you mention the name Gamaliel, some of you who have studied the Bible, you remember that Paul also, he studied under Gamaliel. He studied under Gamaliel. So, possibly, I don't have any scriptural reference to this. I'm just using my deductive reasoning. If Paul studied under Gamaliel and Barnabas studied under Gamaliel, possibly, possibly, Paul and Barnabas were classmates. They knew each other before. That's what I guess. And Barnabas, since he was a Levite and he was from Cyprus, so Levites were responsible for sanctuary services. They were serving in the temple. They were saving in the synagogue. So most likely, Barnabas was also a teacher of the law in a synagogue in Cyprus because Barnabas was as much educated as Paul was. Barnabas knew the Torah. He knew the Bible. He knew the scriptures because he was a Levite and he studied under the great uh, professor, Gamaliel. 
So in Jerusalem, the apostles named, nicknamed him Barnabas, son of encouragement or son of exhortation. And he led both the Jews and the Gentiles to the Christian faith. There are many Christians who became Christians because of uh, Barnabas. He was born of Jewish parents of the tribe of Levi, as, as we have seen. So after Stephen was stoned, many Christians ran away from Jerusalem. They scattered to, you know, some they went to Samaria and other areas in the Middle East. And we'll see that as we, we continue. Let's look at Paul. After Paul was called and he became a Christian in Acts chapter 9. Remember, he was in Damascus. So in Damascus, the next thing that Paul did three days later after God spoke to him, in, in chapter 9, verse 19, the Bible says Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. This is very important to understand that Paul did not change and become Saul after conversion. That is not true. That is not true. In actual fact, in my next book, Leading Volunteers, I, I spent some few paragraphs talking about this, trying to explain that Paul had two names. It was Saul and Paul. He did not change his name. I've, I've had a lot of preachers, you know, sweating and shouting that, oh, Paul, I mean, Saul, he converted and became Paul. That is not true. Both of them were his name. Saul was his Jewish name. Remember, he uh, he was from the tribe of Benjamin. And that's where the first king of Israel came from, Saul. So Paul was his Greek name. So as he was, he was venturing out, as he started doing ministry outside Jerusalem, where there were a lot of, you know, internationals and the Greeks, then he started to use his name, Paul. And it was not even immediately after his conversion. It was about maybe four or five years later. When he started using his name, Paul, more often. So when he was in Jerusalem, they called him Saul because those, that was his Hebrew name. And everybody understood that. But when he was outside Jerusalem, he started to use his name, Paul. That's all. He did not convert and change his name from Saul to Paul. I hope this will help somebody. So in Acts chapter 9, verse 19, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Remember, it was after his conversion. And at once... He began to preach in the synagogues. He preached that Jesus is the son of God. So now he was, different. he was preaching a different message. He went to Damascus preaching that all Christians should be arrested. But once he reached Damascus, he converted and he became a Christian. He started to preach a different message. He said, Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. Verse 21. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? So they were confused. They said, and hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners, the chief priests? So they wondered because the purpose of his trip to Damascus was to arrest Christians and he will take them, he will bind them and take them to, uh, to Jerusalem, to the chief priests. So some of them, they didn't believe that he has really repented. Let's look at verse 22. Yet Saul grew. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by providing or by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Paul, he kept on emphasizing that Jesus is the Messiah. And that was difficult for the Jews to believe because 
They did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They believe that the Messiah is still coming. In actual fact, even today, there are some Jews who still believe that the Messiah is still coming. Jesus is not the Messiah. That's why the Jews, the Jewish religion, they only believe in the Old Testament. They do not believe in the New Testament. They, 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 are, they are Bible, they are Tanakh. It only has the Old Testament. It does not have the New Testament because they do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They still believe that the Messiah is still coming. So in verse 23, after many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. So they wanted to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. Verse 25, but his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. So here we see Paul, he escaped from Damascus. Where did he run to? Let's go to the next verse and see where he ran to. So in Acts chapter 9, from verse 26, he ran back to Jerusalem. And when he ran back to Jerusalem, he did not go back to the priests. Guess where he went to? He went to the church in Jerusalem. And he testified to them and told them that I have converted. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is the, is the Messiah. So verse 26, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But, 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 but they were all afraid of him. So they did not believe him. Not believing that he really was a disciple. They thought it's a trap. They thought, how did he, how did he convert? How did he change? They rejected him. They did not accept him in the church. They did not accept him in the church. So they closed doors. They closed doors and they said, no, we don't allow him in here. We don't allow him in the church. Let's look at verse 27. But Barnabas, you know Barnabas? But Barnabas, the son of encouragement, but Barnabas took him. Barnabas had faith in Paul. Barnabas believed Paul. Barnabas, he trusted Paul and brought him to the apostles. So he, he spoke so positively about Paul. He accepted Paul. Barnabas was the first apostle, he was the first man in the church to accept Paul in Jerusalem. Just imagine if Barnabas rejected Paul also. I don't know what will have happened. Maybe Paul will not even have continued the gospel. He will not have written those, uh, those 13 books of the Bible that you are talking about. He will not have any writings of Paul in the New Testament today. But Barnabas took him and he brought him to the apostles. Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Always very positive. Always very encouraging. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Verse 28, so Saul stayed with them. So Saul was finally accepted and he moved around freely in Jerusalem. So he was free now to move around in Jerusalem doing what? Speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Finally, Paul was accepted in the church because of Barnabas. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic uh, Jews. The Hellenistic Jews are those Jews who lived outside Jerusalem, who lived outside the Judea area. And, you know, because it was dominated by the Greeks and some of them they started to speak Greek. 
and some may start to, you know, to adopt the Greek culture. Some of them, they intermingled, they married Greeks and other people. And so when, 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 when those Jews came back, some of, the, some of the, the Jews, the local Jews, the Hebrew Jews, they will not accept these Hellenistic Jews as real. Remember in the book of Acts, um, you know, when they had a challenge with food distribution, it was because the Hellenistic Jews and the Hebrew Jews, they could not get along. They could not get along until the apostles had to, uh, to appoint Stephen. No, no, uh, they had to appoint Philip, I'm sorry. They had to appoint Philip to come and focus on that ministry of food distribution. So these Jews, they tried to kill him. They did not accept and believe in Paul. They thought, no, this guy is lying in order to kill him. Now, verse 30, it's very important. When the believers learned of this, those believers, those believers in Jerusalem, when they heard of it, of it they protected Paul. Then they took him down to the Caesarea uh, port and they sent him off to Tarsus. So Paul went back home. He went back home and it was quiet about Paul. Nobody knew about Paul. Nobody knew what Paul was doing back home in Tarsus. But he stayed there for about almost eight years or so. So after Paul's dramatic conversion in Damascus, the apostles were hesitant to believe Paul, given Paul's reputation that he used to, you know, to arrest Christians. So Barnabas is the only apostle who, who trusted Paul's testimony. He introduced Paul to the apostles in Jerusalem. He encouraged the apostles to accept and welcome Paul. Barnabas convinced them that Paul was potential or he had potential, you know, for great ministry among the Gentiles. Look at how much faith Barnabas had in Paul. He believed that Paul had a potential for a great ministry. Even when everybody discounted him, even when everybody doubted him, it was on Barnabas' introduction that Paul was finally accepted in the Jewish Christian church in Jerusalem. So he took Paul as his disciple under his wing. Barnabas vouched for him. And this new convert, he stayed with them and moved around so freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. And the Hellenistic Jews or the Greek Jews wanted to kill him. Paul escaped and he went back home to Tarsus. This is what happened. Let's quickly uh, look at this man. The first time we see Paul, he, he was in Jerusalem. He got the letters from the priest to go and arrest Christians. And he went as far as Damascus that's why he met the Lord. And he started to preach in Damascus after he met the Lord. After preaching in Damascus, some of the Jews, they wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to kill him. Then he escaped. Where did he go to? He went back to Jerusalem. When he was in Jerusalem, that's where Barnabas accepted him. And he encouraged the believers to accept Paul. But then there were some Jews. I mean, some Hellenistic Jews wanted to kill him. Then the believers took him to the Caesarean, I mean, to the port in Caesarea. And from here, he went back home to Tessas. That's where Paul is right now. He's in Tessas, staying there, year one, year two, year three, year four, very quiet. Nobody knows about Paul. Uh, if it was today's uh, age, he will not update his, his, his Facebook status. Nobody will know what's going on with Paul. Okay, let's quickly go to the church in Antioch. Remember the church in Antioch? In 11, Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Now, those who had been scattered 
by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and where? In Antioch. In Antioch. That's a far north uh, in Antioch. That's where uh, the church was established, spreading the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus, Cyprus, remember the island Cyprus, and Cyrene. Remember Cyrene? We, did, we said Cyrene is Libya. It's Libya it's in Africa. They went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people be believed and turned to the Lord. So that church in Antioch, it started to grow. Verse 22, the news of this reached the church in Jerusalem. So when the, when the church in Jerusalem, they heard about this news that, oh, there's a church that has been established in Antioch. And it is said that it's a, it's a fastest growing church. It's growing out there. And they sent who? Barnabas to Antioch. So the church in, in, in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas to Antioch, a son of encouragement. Look at what Barnabas did in verse 23. When he arrived and he saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and he encouraged them. Wow. He encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. So Barnabas was an encourager. He encouraged them. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and, and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So Barnabas led that church and the church grow. Verse 25. Then Barnabas went to to look for Saul. And then he found him. He brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and they taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians for the first time in Antioch. What we see here is when Barnabas was sent to build up the church in Antioch, he did not forget about his disciples. He didn't forget about Paul. It was Paul was Barnabas' disciple. He thought about him eight years later. Remember, they had not communicated in almost eight years. They did not have a cell phone. They did not have any other way of communication. The only way you could communicate with a person, you know, there was no video call. There was no, you know, WhatsApp. There was no Zoom. You had to travel there. You had to go there and search for him and look for him until you find him. That was the only way to see somebody. Sacrifices that Barnabas did for Paul are so amazing, so amazing. Barnabas, he never gave up on Paul. Even when Paul disappeared, even, even when nobody heard about Paul, nobody knew where Paul was, Barnabas sacrificed and he went and looked for Paul and encouraged him. He made a special trip to Tarsus just to search for Paul. That's Barnabas, son of encouragement. He encouraged Paul to come back to ministry. He trained Paul in leadership. He partnered with Paul in his ministry, missionary work. So Barnabas and Paul made a great team and ministry partners. Barnabas recognized Paul's gift. He recognized his calling and he helped him to develop that gift. It's Barnabas who trained Paul and they, they focused on building the church in Antioch. And a, a strong foundation was built 
on that church until that church, you know, the people around that area, they called the believers small Christ. They called them Christians. For the first time, believers were called Christians. It was in Antioch. That was a powerful church. Even today, believers in Christ are still called Christians because of the church that was developed by Barnabas and Paul. So at some point, there was a prophecy in the church of Antioch that there will be famine down there in Jerusalem and in that area. So what they did is they started to collect funds to help the church in Jerusalem. So let's look at Acts chapter 11 verse, uh, from verse 30. After they collected the funds, let's look at what they did. This they did and sending their gift to the elders. By who? By Barnabas and Saul. So they, they collected some money and they sent Barnabas and Saul down to, to Jerusalem to deliver the money, to deliver the funds. Now, after they finished in verse 25, Acts chapter 12, verse 25, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem. Look at what Barnabas did. He said, Paul, I have trained you. Paul, I think now you are mature enough. Now I want to train another uh, disciple. Who did he take from Jerusalem? Taking with them John, also called Mark. John Mark is the same Mark who wrote the book of Mark. So here we see Barnabas, he wants to train John Mark now. And he take him, uh, you know, he take him back to, to Antioch. So here what you see is the church grew under their leadership. The church grew under their partnership. It grew both in size, even financially. The church was grown I mean, so much to an extent that they were able to fund the, their mother body, their mother church down in Jerusalem or up in Jerusalem. The believers trusted Barnabas and Paul with their finances. And Barnabas introduced his cousin, John Mark, to the ministry. Here we see John Mark being introduced into the ministry. Now let's look at the church in Antioch. Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it shows us who was in that church. People like Barnabas, remember I said, the, the, the time you see somebody's name first, it means that person was the leader. So Barnabas was the leader of the church. We have Simeon called Niger, or Simeon the Black. So Simeon was, was an African. We have Lucius of Cyrene. Remember Cyrene? Cyrene is Libya. So a lot of black people in that church. Manan, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. The last one was Saul. So Saul was not even a leader in that church, but he was being trained by Barnabas. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So they sent Barnabas and Paul to go and preach the gospel. So the Antioch church became a sending church. It became a missionary church. So they sent out missionaries, Barnabas and Paul, to preach the gospel to the Gentile world. John Mark also, he went with them. But unfortunately, when they reached an area called Pega in Pamphylia, that is after they crossed uh, you know, Cyprus uh, Island. So the next place where they went was Pega in Pamphylia. John Mark did not continue with the journey with them and he went back home. And that did not go well with Paul. 
So the next thing is, as they continue with the missionary trip, in Acts chapter 14, now we see Barnabas, he let Paul leave. And when they reached in Acts chapter 14, verse 1, at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas, now we see Paul leading here. Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. So now we see Paul leading the trip. Let's go back to Jerusalem. When they went back to give the report of how they traveled, how they went, you know, they went to the headquarters and gave the report of their trip. In Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 15, verse 12, everyone listened to, I mean, everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. Here we see uh, Barnabas reporting to the church in Jerusalem how they went. Why was Barnabas reporting? It's because Barnabas was prominent in the church in Jerusalem, but also he was telling them of what he has seen God do through Paul. So Barnabas knew that it was not about him, but it was about what God is doing through other people. So he told them what God was doing through Paul. Now what we see in Acts chapter 15 from verse 37, here we see Paul say to, to, to Barnabas, let's go back and visit those churches that we, we have established. And they agreed to leave and go back to visit those churches. But in verse 37, the Bible says Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with him. And verse 38, but Paul did not think it was wise. So they had a great disagreement. They had a great disagreement. And Paul had deserted them. I mean, he said, because this guy, he has deserted us. He didn't, he didn't finish the, the journey with us, didn't continue with us. There's no way we can go with him. And in verse 39, the Bible says they had such a sharp disagreement between Paul and, and Barnabas. They had a sharp disagreement that they parted company. And Barnabas took Mark with him. Barnabas wanted to start to train Mark. And they sailed to Cyprus. Remember, Cyprus is the island where Barnabas came from. But Paul, he chose Silas. And from that time onwards, from chapter 15 onwards, you start to see Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas. We started to travel with him. And they went to Syria and Cilicia and other places. But Barnabas gave John Mark a second chance, but Paul was not willing to give John Mark a second chance. So the two great apostles will never work together again. That is so sad. That is so sad. Paul and Barnabas, they separated. Barnabas, he nurtured, uh, he nurtured him. So Barnabas, he nurtured who? He started to nurture uh, 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 John Mark. He helped John, John Mark to grow in ministry while Paul continued with, with Silas. That was the end of the ministry between Barnabas and Paul. Let's look at the reconciliation. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, here is Paul writing a letter to Timothy. This is the final letter that he wrote. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. So he's saying, all these other guys who are following me, they're all gone. They all left me. I like verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Please get Mark and bring him with me. Bring him with you. I'm sorry. Why? Because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Here we see Paul. He wants John Mark back. Barnabas did a great job in training John Mark until Paul saw value in John Mark. 
So they later reconciled and had become useful to him in ministry. Let's look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. It's Paul writing a letter to the church in Colossae. He says, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings. As does who? Mark. You know John Mark? So now Paul is with Mark. They're working together in ministry. The cousin of Barnabas. And the same Mark was the cousin of Barnabas. He's working with Paul again. Barnabas was later retired or he died for his faith in Salamis, where? In Cyprus. Barnabas was later retired. He later died in his home island. Let's really go through some few lessons that we can learn from this before we pray. Barnabas' story is a reminder of the value of teamwork. If you want to be successful in ministry, you have to be like Barnabas. Barnabas was not selfish. It was not all about him. It was not about his name. You know, as Christians, if we can grow and mature to a point where we do not care who gets the credit, I'm telling you, we'll do more in ministry than what we are doing right now. Because everybody is all about himself. It's all about his ministry. It's all about his church. It's all about his group. But if he can grow and mature and be like Barnabas and make a decision, I want, to, I want to work with other Christians. Even if they are not in my church, I'm willing to work with them. I'm willing to grow with them, just like what Barnabas did. You can be a source of encouragement. You know, Barnabas never knew that he was encouraging a Bible writer. He thought he's just encouraging Paul. He thought he was just taking care of Paul, a man who needed encouragement, a man who needed acceptance. Brothers and sisters, you never know who your words of encouragement are touching. Sometimes you may think it's a minor thing. Please continue to encourage other people. Be a source of encouragement in people's lives. Be a source of encouragement in the lives of the people around you. Be a source of encouragement in your church. Be a source of encouragement in your community. Let people know you for being in, an encouragement to them. Refresh them. When they come to you, let them get encouraged. Let them get refreshed. Even when somebody is down, they know they can pick up a phone and call you. After your conversation with them, they will be so much encouraged. Can you be that Christian today? Why? Because all of us at some point, we need support. At some point, all of us will need somebody to support us. At some point, we'll need somebody to encourage us. Barnabas is a reminder that even saints do not always get along. Yes, there will always be some differences. Sometimes you'll think different from your pastor. Sometimes you'll think different from your leader. But even if you have the differences with your leader, just look at, at Barnabas. There is always, always an opportunity for reconciliation. Reconciliation in ministry, it's possible. I know of some pastors, you know, who left their churches so angry to an extent that they don't even talk to their pastors anymore. They don't even communicate with their pastors anymore. And they start their own church, but they don't talk to their previous pastors anymore. That's not how it should be. We have to learn to work together. We have to learn to, to pursue reconciliation in ministry. Learn to work, to work with other Christians. God always blesses unity. Where there is no unity, there is no blessing. 
When you want God to bless you, be a source of encouragement. When you want God to bless you, reconcile with other believers. Reconcile with other Christians. What other thing that we, we learn also? Do not easily give up on people, especially young Christians. I just imagine if Barnabas gave up on Paul, what would have happened to the, uh, to the 13 books of the Bible that we are enjoying today? All those books that were written by Paul will not have been written. But Barnabas, he said, I'm not give up, going to give up on Paul. Even when all Christians rejected him, Barnabas accepted him. Barnabas gave him grace. Barnabas welcomed him. He welcomed him. You look at John Mark. Paul gave up on John Mark. Paul quickly forget that, by the way, Barnabas also welcomed him, even when it was not easy to welcome him. Barnabas, he risked his reputation. Because if Paul was just uh, pretending, and it was, not true that he, it was not true that he repented, just imagine what will happen to this great encourager. Nobody will trust him anymore. But he took a risk, and he welcomed Paul. Brothers and sisters, do not easily give up on people, especially young Christians. They will mess up. They will make mistakes. They will disappoint you. But as an encourager, be willing to accept them. Be like the Barnabas and be there and say to say to them, I know you messed up. I know you made mistakes. But God still welcomes you. You are still a child of God. You can make it. You can do it. God will see you through this. No matter what you are going through, God is still there with you. God is still your refuge. God is still your strength. The Holy Spirit is still with you. The Holy Spirit is still in you. Do not give up. Let's continue to encourage other Christians. Someone needs your encouragement today, as I'm speaking. They do not want you to gossip about them. They do not want you to discourage them, but they want you to encourage them. Can you be a source of encouragement tonight? Can you be a source of encouragement tonight? Now, if you look at Paul's life, throughout all the things that he went through, you look at John Mark's life, you look at Barnabas' life, sometimes you will think there's no God here. But God was with them in all the situations. Just like Joseph of the old, God was with him. When he was in the pit, God was with him. When he was sold as a slave, God was with him. When he was accused of being a rapist, God was with him. When he went to the prison, God was with him. And finally, when he went to palace, God was still with him. No matter what you're going through tonight, God is still with you in your situation. Your situation didn't, get, didn't catch God by surprise. Your situation does not mean that God is not with you anymore. God is with you. Stay encouraged tonight. Don't lose hope. God is still with you. God loves you. God cares for you. And he always wants you to trust him. No matter what you're going through, God wants you to trust him. Do not give up on other Christians. Do not give up on those who make mistakes. Do not give up on those who disappoint you. Do not give up on your spouse. God is at work. God is at work. Don't get discouraged. Be encouraged tonight and stay strong and continue to trust God for your situation.
Let's pray.